everybody. Welcome to the Awkward Silence Show. Yeah! Grant yeah. Tobler. Woo. 142 people here. This you is counted awesome. them as they walked in. This is standing room only. A yeah. new record. I know. I can't believe it. I'm glad everyone came. <laughs> Literally everyone we know. Everyone uh, So yeah, welcome to the show, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us an hour later. Um, the, uh, the loving hour. That's what I call 7 o'clock at my house. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is uh, Vegas Video Network. Uh, email us, right? Uh, awkward at VegasVideoNetwork.com. Hopefully, you are watching us live. And you can... Well, if they're gonna if they're gonna clap at everything, then I don't think that's yeah, worth it anymore. Know. Get some of these out of here, and uh, and then uh, yeah, download the show, iTunes, uh, audio only. I recommend it. So, <laughs> Brant Tobler, listen. How we are, are we? What's up? I'm I'm doing good. Uh, we have a uh, we're, we have a limited time with our guest because I know he has got a gig to get to, so I don't want to mm. spend too much time up front. So let's just well, do let's a couple go. things real quick. Uh, I am Stay I am fat. I'm two pounds fatter. And it's going to get worse after this because I'm going out for a steak dinner with my body. Yeah, so you can go ahead and throw one in front of that. Uh, I, uh, my, my tip for, for new comics is my, uh, my tip for new comics is try to tell jokes that are not terrible. Uh, the, rest, the rest of the time, I want to talk to you because you teased a story last week. You said it was going to be on your blog, which we are it going is. to uh, we're going to promote here in just a moment. But I want you to I give. I thought I told this story, though, about the porn star. But believe me when I tell you, if you tell a story about a porn star with a dildo, I'm going to remember. All right. So um, I'm not saying I wouldn't ask you to tell it again. I'm just saying you didn't tell oh, it. Oh, I think I, wasn't, I couldn't tell it when, last time. But now I can, <laughs> actually, because I'm single. If anyone wants to, uh, well, I'm sure there's no correlation between at, those two facts. Touch me right. at branttober.com. <laughs> it's a really email address. Um, yeah, I think that's what happened. I couldn't talk about it at the time. But OK, uh, so after that naughty show, The Night of the Green Door. Right. Who could forget? Porn star, uh, after all the crazy shit with Doug Benson, I told all that, I think. Anyway, yeah. I'll just tell the part. So then it's like mm -hmm. 7 in the morning, and the dude in the bunny suit Fuck that girl and we got kicked out of the gay bar. Sure. So then we went. By the way, a sentence that I don't think has ever been uttered ever in history. A guy in a buddy suit fucked that chick and we got kicked out of the gay bar. But uh, go on. That's a t-shirt I'm selling. <laughs> um, so then me and the porn star went to her house and uh, she lives in a mansion, like guarded gate, all this shit. Just crazy. I didn't realize there's much. I guess I should have known there's that much money in porn. but. Uh, so we go in her house, and uh, we walk in, and I walk into her room. First, first two things I see, one, there's a big stripper pole right by the bed. Second thing, right as I walk in the room, there's this huge blue dildo that is Obama's face. And Obama, it's Obama, it's an Obama dildo. Yeah. And there's pictures on the website, just monster blue. And I'm like, how the fuck <laughs> am I going to follow the president? <laughs> you know? This chick fucked the president. And uh, so we go to sleep or whatever. I think we just went to sleep. Right. I imagine. The next morning, we wake up, and she's like, are you hungry? And I'm like, yeah, whatever. But it's like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So I'm like, she's like, do you want breakfast? I'm like, yeah, you know, I'll buy her breakfast or whatever. She picks up her phone, and she uh, calls, just calls and goes, hey, this is what we want. We want eggs, bacon, all this shit, right? So I'm like, well, does she have like a butler? Or what's going on here, <laughs> That'd right? That would be awesome. So then about 45 minutes later, uh, there's a knock on the door, and I'm naked in bed, and she's just in her panties, no top. From and, the sleeping? Uh, from sleeping. Right. And uh, she, so the, the door opens, and this dude walks in carrying a tray of food. I'm like, oh, shit, should I grab my pants, or what, what should I do? <laughs> and uh, 
So the dude comes over and he drops off the food, and then in the most awkward moment, she was like, hey, she forgot my name. She didn't even know my name. Oh, so does that make you like feel this. terrible about no. yourself? Oh. No, that gets worse because she goes, hey, dad, this is my friend. All right. <laughs> yeah. But no, it gets worse. She goes, dad, this is my friend. And then she doesn't know what to say. She doesn't even know my name. Oh, so my so I'm laying there naked with this chick's dad. And this chick's dad looks like he's out of prison, like a little bald, stocky dude, <laughs> fucking just like staring in there looking at me. And she's like, dad, this is my friend. And then there's this awkward moment where she smiles. She goes, friend, this is my dad. <laughs> friend, this is my dad. So I go, oh my God. So I'm like, I just like, because he can't get up and shake his hand or anything because I'm butt naked or, well, and I didn't know what to do. Thinking. So I'm just laying there under the covers, like, and I'm just like, hey. And uh, so then the greatest moment ever was she, so then he drops over food and then he walks off. He just walks out and walks out the door, and I'm like, is he going to be pissed or what? And then he just brought you breakfast. And then she, I know, but I go, yeah, I go. But she goes, well, he, he can't get mad because if he does, I'll fire him. And I was like, what kind of job? What do you do to get paid in life huh? that it's that you're fine with just bringing breakfast in bed to some random? I dude? wonder. I wonder if that was like because clearly he's on the payroll. Yeah, right? yeah. That's so what like, I'm I wonder saying. if there was a negotiation where he's like, this is the price to make me cry, not in your room. That's what we debated. Like, what would it take? To, well, how much would you have to get paid to deliver? Well, you know what? We can get an answer. Scott Whitney, you have two daughters. <laughs> what would be, God what? forbid, now clearly you did not make these sorts of mistakes. Is there a number that would make walking into your daughter, your precious little girl's room, and seeing this character? Full beard. Is there a number that makes that possible? I hope this is your best show. Because <laughs> this is your last fucking show. Either, there's so, got to be a price, go. either, right? either way, yeah, I just figured there's got to be go. a price. <laughs> Problem solved. I mean, there's a price, but it's a lot. I don't know. I, if I, I don't have. I mean, a daughter, she's living in a mansion. She's probably. She has money, but I just—that's what we joked about, and that's when my friend said that. You, he you, goes, and, you and her joked no, no, about no, it. No, no, that's what I told my comic buddy. He goes, "What kind of job is it that he's not willing to lose it? That it's a—I mean, what do you have to get thirty dollars an hour to deliver breakfast in bed to some random dude banging your daughter? I'm like." <laughs> It was the greatest moment. But there's pictures on the blog of the blue dildo, the chick, a uh, couple other things on there. The bunny suit, guy in Brand the bunny in suit. several different hats. Yeah. Uh, yeah, go check it out. Brantobler.com. The website's unbelievable. It's, it's the it fourth blog. It looks really blog. good. There's, there's a blog. Blog one is uh, cool. how to be a comedian, just people I've asked, so kind of what we've talked about here I blogged. Cool. The other one is my day in anger management class, which is unbelievable. The other one is my first day in... Uh, Hollywood and then that one. And there'll be more blogs up, so check them out. There it is. Brantobler.com. New shirts are up there, too. Gray and black. Buy some shit. Wonderful. Well, there, <laughs> there it is. I'm done. <laughs> Brantobler out. Uh, all right. Well, that was amazing, as always. Uh, you do not disappoint. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to our headliner. All right, so uh, our, our headliner, really, if, if you have uh, spent any time watching, uh, right? It's textured, it's for your pleasure. Uh, if you spent uh, any time watching stand up, where are we? Put me on two. The money shot. Uh, whatever, he's a hilarious comic. He works all over Las Vegas. I'm happy to have him here. It's John Bazaar, everybody. Come yeah. on. Yeah. How are you? Thank you. It's good to see good you. Good to see you Thank also. You for coming. 
You know, you, uh, you, you told, now I feel I, I have to tell a sex story, because you yeah. told one. Well, that, that, the one part, right. that was the one part of the story that was missing. You go, yes, I go to this porn star's house, and she's got a blue dildo. She's got a, okay, so we go to sleep. Next morning, wait a minute. So, right, because guys, the, guys who have sex all the, the time never think the that's the most interesting part of the story. Wow, that's, it's, it's in the blog. Yeah. I will say that she was like a magician, because she just made shit disappear you would not believe. Wow. <laughs> Did you get it back, hopefully? I came. It was unbelievable, some of the things she could do. Wow. There's pictures on okay. the website. Go to check it out. <laughs> well, I guarantee that that's going to get a mom. couple hips. To, oh, your mom got the live show, if you recall. Oh, yeah. Uh, right yeah, right. in the bed right next to you. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll tell you a story real fast. Please. This was like yes. in the late 80s. When I've been doing it, I'm a lot older than you guys, so I've been doing it since 1982. And in the late 80s, as I'm sure you're familiar, we were kings. Sure. Unknown comedians, we were kings. We were, we'd go into a small town and we were huge stars. Because right. it wasn't like there were a million comedians like there are now. Right. And I, I, we, uh, there was a gig in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And uh, we, and you know, this, it was in the Holiday Inn. We do the show. After the show, I'm at the bars, all these blonde women around me. And there's this one really kind of not attractive woman. Of course, she comes to me and she's, right. she's talking to me. She's going like, yeah, I'm a prison guard and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, really? And I'm asking her these prison questions. I'm like, all right. And I'm like, a couple of drinks. I'm like, all right, you know, I'm going to hit the hay. And nice talking. And I go to bed. I go up to my uh, hotel room. And the phone rings. Now, I had talked to a couple of women that night. So I say it could have been any one of these women. She goes like, hey, how you doing? I wonder if you want some company. And I go, yeah, sure. So she comes up and knocks on the door, and I look, and it's her, it's the prison guard, and she's really not attractive. And I'm okay. like, eh, fuck. And I'm like, eh. And a buddy of mine goes, you never should have let her in. I go, nah, <laughs> but you know what, eh, let's see what happens. So yeah. I open the door, I let her in. We're sitting on the bed. I remember Back to the Future was on the TV set. <laughs> Good and we're, yeah, we're yeah. sitting, and I much more wanted to watch that. <laughs> and we're just sitting there watching TV, and for about a minute, and she's like, because she's there for business. And she, you know, I was a younger, better-looking guy. Prison she, guard business. Prison guard business. All right. uh, yeah. And uh, she, she, she's like, well, and she just starts. She just like just goes right, just unzips my. And I'm like, hey, well, yeah, all let's, right. Let's just see so how it plays out. It sure. just starts to happen. Right. So she takes total control. She's got me down. She's pinning me. She rips my pants off. She gets. I'm jump. I'm on. Uh, she's on top of me and just making it happen. She knows where her spot is. <laughs> she hits it. She comes, and she kind of flips me over with a move I've never even seen in porn before. <laughs> she flips me on top. Boom, I finish. I roll over. We're laying there for a second. She gets up, goes over, starts to put her clothes back on. She goes, I just want to say you were really funny. You were really funny. <laughs> but I'm the designated driver. i got to get out of here, oh, so I'll see awesome. you later. And she just takes off. And that's I, amazing. I just laid there for like an hour going, did that really happen? Uh, you know what's great about that is more than anything ever, comics want to be told they're funny. Yeah. Except at <laughs> one time. <laughs> yeah. There's one time, like right after you finish having sex, where right. she's like, great set tonight. <laughs> Not yeah. this earlier. Yeah. And then she takes off. <laughs> That is brutal. Yeah, that's funny. That's yeah. A, far from a hell gig. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that actually. <laughs> We're starting different like, this week. I feel like you had to show somebody on the doll later where she hurt you. Uh, listen, I. Uh, <laughs> here's what uh, impresses me the most uh, about you is you've done what I think very few people have managed to do, which is you've sort of carved out a career for yourself in Las Vegas, oh. without sort of being like a big major headlining name. I mean, you work all the time in this city, which from what I hear, and yeah, it's, it's not the easiest thing to do. No, it's a good trick if you can pull it off. I mean, I do it a little bit. Some, there's a couple other guys that do it. It's not, it's not, but it's also, 
I've been around a long time, right? So I like know all these guys, and there's a there's a lot there's a lot of that going on too. But you know, I've been around since '82, so it's kind of like like all right, we need a guy for this, and I'm will I'm also willing to do any spot, right? Because yeah, a lot of guys MC, have that ego. The They're like, I'm a headliner. I'm not gonna yeah. But yeah you'll, you'll just take the spot. Yeah, yeah. I'll t well, I don't care. Whatever. I get to do this. Hey, what's up? All right. right. Yeah. Let, you know. So I don't really care. So I'll take any spot. I don't. I don't really care. And I mean, is this? I don't want to get all a psychiatrist on you now, but does this make you happy to kind of to carve it out the way you've been doing it now? Or do you long for the days of sort of the mid-'80s where you could just go from small town to small town and, and just crush it? Um, nah, you know what? Because, uh, again, I'm an older guy. I've done, you know, I've been on Tonight Show. I've, been on, I've, I've done all, the, all these TV shows and sitcoms and stuff. And it's like now I'm in this other part of my life. I'm also a pastry chef. I'm also a filmmaker. I've made a few movies, and, and it's like I so I do a bunch of different stuff, and I just kind of do whatever makes me happy. So it's it's like the ego is gone. Yeah. I don't need to be a star. I kind of like being under the radar. Remember that? You remember in the uh, what's that movie? Uh, Devil's Advocate, when uh, Pacino's walking with uh, what's his name through the uh, through the Chinese, and he goes, "Let don't let him see that you're coming." Always be that guy that they don't really know who you are, and you just kind of come in, and then when you show up, you're like, wow, who's this dude? And then you just leave. Well, exactly, and, and, that's, and that's exactly what, what you've done. And by, by not having that ego, like, for example, Scott uh, went to see a, a show, I think, uh, at Brad Garrett's room. Right. And he, uh, he talked to me, like, the next day. He's like, I mean, yeah, the headliner was good, but the opening act comes up. One of the funniest guys I've ever oh, seen. Oh, that's really nice. And that, but that's also kind of like the, you know, the, the benefit of it. You know, you go to see a show, you're there to see the headliner. If the opener's funny, that's great. But when somebody leaves saying, holy shit, that first guy was, was amazing, that's sort of the plus of, of, of putting your ego behind you. Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't have necessarily the pressure on you. You can go up and crush it. People aren't expecting it. Right. Yeah, and then, and then you... And that's, that, it, that's one of the, you know, com it depends on how long you want to be in the business. Right. There are a lot of guys when they get into the business, they just want to, they want that sitcom or the, or or reality show or whatever, like right out of the gate within like four years. Right. They want it, and if they don't get it, they're suddenly disappointed. They've been in the business a, 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 you know, a five year, and they're like, oh, I'm a failure. When's it going to happen? Yeah. It's like, nah, nah, you go for the long ride, because yeah. it's, it's, it's the easiest job in the world. What mm -hmm. is e I've done a lot of jobs. I was a rickshaw driver in Amsterdam. I, I, you know, I, I've, I've, I've had some difficult jobs. Yeah. This, blah, 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 come on. <laughs> How easy is Pretty that? Good. Yeah, but when you, you've been in and out, right? Like, when I know you've taken all, you've done all these crazy, I've always heard these stories. Oh, John Mazars, he's over here do, in Amsterdam, or he's doing this, and he's like the greatest chef, and he's like, <laughs> so do, the whole time you're doing stand-up, or do you just take a no. break sometimes yeah, and come I back? And when I, I quit during the OJ years. <laughs> I was gone during the, like, I left, like, right around when Rwanda happened, which okay. was like the uh, spring of 94. That's when OJ was actually running up the, the 405, when yeah. he was about to go to Mexico. And it was a good around. day. Sure. Yeah, it was a great day. Yeah, I remember it, yeah. because I was leaving for Amsterdam like a week later. Bulls Jazz playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> just throwing that out there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and, uh, and I, but I remember that, that specific time, and I was like, I was so done with show, because I'd been doing a lot of commercials in L.A., and I, and I was like, I'm such a whore. I will do anything. I'm doing peanut butter commercials. I'm doing Carl's Jr. I worked with Sam Kennison, and I'm doing the opening for Sam Kennison on his New Year's Eve show. And it's like I was so honored to be working with him, and he didn't know who I was. And he walks up to me and goes, Carl's Jr., right? I'm like, oh, oh, man. That's why he knows me? Carl's, I'm selling fucking burgers? So it's like, it's so disappointing. So I, uh, I, so I was done with, I, I was making a lot of money, but I was miserable. What's funny now is I'm kind of broke, but it's the happiest I've ever been. It's, it's a weird thing. Uh, it's yeah. a really weird thing. Join the club. Right. You know? <laughs> I, I don't know. That's a lot of...
comics are the ones that really love it are all broke but yeah I'll let yeah, you know I'll let you know when I make a bunch of money yeah, <laughs> yeah. if I'm horribly miserable yeah um, but anyway Richard Pryor said uh, you know I've been rich and I've been poor Rich is better. <laughs> it sounds good. <laughs> it just seems like it would be fun. Yeah. Um, anyway, so. Yeah, so I went to Amsterdam. Yeah. So anyway, I, I gave all my shit away. I gave my mom my car. I gave all my possessions. I mean, all my possessions. And anything that I could keep, I just put into a backpack. And I moved to Amsterdam. And I bought a three-wheel bike and with a box in it and a chair and a covering. And mm -hmm. I built this whole thing. And I, I was a rickshaw driver for like two years. And I was just smoking hash, just driving around. I was about to say, why people. Amsterdam? Never mind. Oh, yeah. Got it. <laughs> yeah. That was it. Yeah. Hash and hookers. Yeah. Two years. And then I, uh, it actually, I'd still be there if, my, if I had had a good business plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. you, you just outlined it. Hash and hookers. It seems yeah. bulletproof. Oh, it's, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. What happened? You had too many employees on the rickshaw. <laughs> <laughs> it's a one man. That's great. <laughs> yeah. No, it was yeah, it was the hookers and uh, I, and I started smoking opium and then that that was really like the that was when it all started to go down. It was fun. It was like still the, the most good. fun two yeah, years of my life. Crazy. But at the end of it, I was like like this is about two hundred pounds, hundred ninety five pounds, something like that. I was below one forty when I came back. Holy shit! Yeah, I was like my my sister picks me up at the airport. She goes, "Are we going to the hospital?" <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm fine. Hash and opium, you say? Because I'm on a bit of a Weight loss plateau. Uh, yeah, the opium will do it. You need a rickshaw. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's, that's how helps. they get you. Yeah, See the yeah. rickshaw out. Um, I have one. It's in my garage. <laughs> I believe, I well, you don't just it. give that away. No. no. Uh, so, d did you always know, like, even when you, okay, so granted, hash, hookers, rickshaw, maybe that's a little bit of a crisis point in your life, but you know, you're talking about some of the other stuff that you do, you know, so, so you're, you're a chef. And, uh, and, and you make Do you always know that eventually you're gonna come back to stand up or are you content when you start a new project to say, you know what, if this is what I do, I'm fine walking away. Yeah, yeah. If, 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 I, if, I, if I couldn't do it tomorrow, I'd be fine. Yeah. I think it's, gr I'm like in a groove now. You know when you go through these peaks and valleys where it's like, now you're really enjoying your time on stage so much. And then these other times like, I cannot fucking listen to myself for one more minute on stage. Yeah. I can't, I don't yeah. want to hear the words come out of my mouth. Right. And then three weeks later, you're like, I'm the funniest guy alive. <laughs> Why am I not doing this every single night? Right. So it's like that, you know, right yeah. now I'm in kind of a, I, I'm having so much fun on stage. How much are you working right now, average week, would you say? Uh, average, well, I mean, like every month maybe. I'm, okay. I'm working a couple of weeks a month. Okay. Maybe two, maybe three weeks a month. And you're able to just kind of support it with the other stuff that you that you have your hands yeah, on. Yeah, and I yeah, I'm doing I do a lot of video editing and stuff for people too and I do some, you know, I shot something for Gooch. I shot a four four camera shoot for him over at the Black Door and, Well, he'll uh, be in next week. Yeah, oh cool. And uh, yeah, and this and you know, I do people like my 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 wife is uh, Nancy Ryan, she works over right. at the uh, um uh what at Expertlesque at the Flamingo and she also teaches ice skating in the day. She's she's like a gold medalist, yeah. right? And so she teaches ice skating, and so her students, you know, sometimes need videos because they're trying to get jobs with ice skates and stuff like that. So I'll just come in and I'll with my cameras like that one, and I have that one right there, and uh, and we'll shoot uh, some stuff for them, and I'll edit it together, and you know that's so I like, especially in this economy, multiple streams of income. Yeah. But that's really, that's sort of what, the, what comedy is now. You know, we always talk about what's comedy now as opposed to what it was. You, you, have, to, you have to have an open mind about things. The, the, the job of, uh, well, I'm a comic. I like to tell jokes. I'm going to find someone who'll just 
just put a calendar in front of me with all my dates. I just show up and tell my jokes. That doesn't exist anymore. So you can, you know, in, unless you're, you know, a certain degree of fame, you can pretty much brush that off. You either need to figure out, you know, multiple strains of income, multiple ways to market yourself. I mean, you are, you are, it's, it's you. <laughs> when you're a comic, you, you fucking better be able to do everything. Because yeah. just showing up and telling jokes is just, that's the fun part. Yeah. How are you going to do the rest of the part? Yeah, it was, it, was, it was much easier when I started in the early 80s because I, I started in New York, and I'm, I know you've heard of this, but, I mean, there was a gig everywhere. Every single yeah. bar right. in the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area had a, a comedy night, and it would just be, they'd just put a bulb and a mic, and sometimes you would just show up. I worked a lot of mob joints then, mm. and you'd just show yeah. up, and it's just all these mob guys around, and, they'd be, and you'd walk in, and you'd go, yeah, we got to get, and it was like... So it was 50, 75, and 100. That was the breakdown for the, the opener, the middle, and the feature, and the headliner. And you'd show up, and there'd be no mic, and there'd be no lights, and there'd be no anything. And they're like, is this where the show we're doing the? Yeah, we were thinking maybe in a corner. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, OK. Yeah, we'll just, and it's just a bunch of, yeah, guys like eating you know, pasta and just yeah. watching you, and there's no, and you just be going, hey, how's it going? We're having a great time. What are, you know, and you would just do the show, and you get paid. And you know what the best part is? I bet that gig pays the same. Yeah. Uh, today, uh, yeah. we, got some, we got some questions. I was like, Scott? can we get, do that gig? That's <laughs> exactly. a pretty good gig right there. <laughs> pretty good gig, I'll take it. Uh, we do, yeah. Maya wants to know, uh, being in the same city, Las Vegas, for a long time, is it harder to write new material uh, when you don't travel as much? Um, I don't know. It depends on what you do with your life. I think, you, I think your, 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 your writing and your comedy should come from your life. Mm -hmm. You know, people always go, you know, I have my... My, you know, you know, my my work is my life. Mm -hmm. Well, then you have nothing to bring to your work. Right. You have to have a life separate from your work so you can bring something to it. Right. So if you have other stuff in your life, you know, I, I notice a lot of guys have four subjects. I keep hitting my ring on that. That's, that's, that's a, a real that's good, a good move. It's, 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 sure it's uh, in the sound. At least like, it's right by your microphone. Can you stop <laughs> him from doing that? Um, uh, they're, they're like these subjects right. that I think you should have a broad, you know, sometimes I hear, the, and it's like TV, right. video games, Check. jerking off, oh God. and weed. And those are like the four major <laughs> subjects. It's like, you know what, maybe some other subjects. Maybe, right. uh, but, and, you know what, even the, I think that's a great question by Malia, because I think even a little change in your life, you know, and even if it is just spending a week in fucking El Paso or something like that, will bring a whole new, like, experience to you. Like, for example, I, I saw you, Brand, uh, on Saturday. I went and caught your, uh, you, you did a guest spot downtown. Uh, and I mean, I think you're funny all the time, but you it, you seemed different, and you haven't really you're not even fully in Los, you know Los Angeles. But the fact that you were kind of out there for a few weeks, it just kind of breathed a little bit of life, uh, you know, into yeah. it. So yeah, I, I think just even a fresh change. It's just like any yeah. other job. If you go to the same job, every, that's why I tell people it's not even more about LA. It's just not being in the same fucking cycle. Exactly. It just it, it, even though that's a room I've done a million times, it was just uh, for some yeah. reason it was fresh. That's again, a great show. It wasn't even the, that good a crowd. I mean, no, if we're being honest, it was, it was pretty terrible. But you did great. Like they always do. Fuck them all. <laughs> That's what I was waiting for you to do on Friday, and it never hey, happened. That's go to my I'm website, to... though. <laughs> Fuck them all. Go exactly. to my website. He's not done. I'm Fuck them all. I'm not John, so I, I need a just buy a shirt, please. <laughs> I got 700 of them. I, someone buy one. We're going to move product. So uh, with somebody who's sort of into a, a million different things, what, uh, you know, what's, What's ideal for you? What, you know, what do you wish you could do? What do I? I wish I could. Uh, well, I'm going to. I'm going to make it happen. Make more films. I made a film called "We Love You, Mrs. Bevins," which you can 
I mean, you can see it if you have Netflix, you can see it on Netflix. I think Blockbuster still has it, and you can buy it on Amazon. But that film, what I, what I did was I went to uh, Iraq and Afghanistan and with a couple other comics, and everybody had their little cameras. So everybody was just shooting shit for three weeks. And then at the end of it, I, I asked them, you know, do you mind if you just give me all your little mini DVs? Just give me your mini. I just want to see if I can make something. And then I took it, and it was about 100 hours of footage. And I edited it down to an hour. And then we found a guy who was willing to uh, distribute the film and sold it to him. And I actually, it's like I made a film. And my, my thing about it was I made a film for nothing. You know, you watch these, you watch yeah. films that are made for $200 million and they're unwatchable. Mm -hmm. I was like, I, I just know if you, if you know what's, what's good in film, you can make a film for nothing if you, if you know how to edit and you know, if you understand storyline and everything else. And so I made this film, and it's still on Netflix. Everyone's, you know, that's the coolest thing when you're going like, "Ah, look, I got a fucking movie. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. awesome, director, man. me, look right. at that guy." You know. So, so you, I'd like to do more of that. Did you go to school for any of that, or you just learn on the fly? I, you know what I did? I read uh, Robert Rodriguez's book, Rebel Without a Crew, <laughs> and I read that book, and he was right. He was like, "You know what? You don't have to go to school. You, you know what you do? You buy some cameras, and you'd be like a little kid. You just make some movies with your friends, and after a couple of them, you're going to start going, oh, all right, you'll start figuring shit out." Learn a, a, Adobe Premiere Pro or Final Cut Pro and go, yeah, you just put shit in there and you, you start making, and pretty soon you start going, this is as good as that. Mm -hmm. So I bet I can make something really good yeah. with, uh, you know, and so I actually have a short film, a buddy of mine and I are working, my, my buddy Jim Myers, he's, you, you probably recognize him if you saw him. Um, he's like Klaus Meyer, the German <coughs> comic, but he's been on King of Queens he's been, uh, like a number of times. He's always this, this he always plays a different character in King of Queens. Like, if there's a bum or a bartender, he's always that guy. Okay. He's a good, you know, we're good buddies with Kevin. But um, he, he and I are writing this film right now, and I think it's going to be good. And my goal is to make it for nothing. I, and uh, the, my producer, the other one, was like, don't tell people that. Because don't tell them you made it for nothing, you know, because they wanted to seem like you had some. No, fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. I made, that was the whole point. I made a good film for nothing. Yeah. You know? So, so that's so that's ideally you're you're looking to yeah make more films and when you and when you kind of got away from stand up you never like did did you literally say ah the again heroin in the rickshaw didn't work out <laughs> back to joke telling or yeah. did a part of you like say yeah god damn it I miss it I you know I got I got no. something I want no really no no I was like well that made me easy money let's go do that shit again wow yeah but I, it's all, but also because I was a very I was very cynical at the time right and I had a really bad attitude and I was a junkie. So the, you know, I needed money. So then when I got back, but then you got back into it and you go, oh yeah, this is cool. And then I, because I did the Tonight Show after that. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. So I came back and then I did. Um, it was a show with uh, Craig T. Nelson, uh, The District. Yeah. I did his show and then I did the Tonight Show and I was like, oh okay, I can do this again. And I was enjoying it again. But initially when I came back, it was just because. I need money. It's a right. job. Yeah, right. so, I, it's so a job. I need money, and I need it now. So let's talk about how that sort of the Tonight Show came about, because I mean, like, like you said, there's a million comics who go up there and they think, all right, when's my shot? I'm doing this. I'm telling jokes. It's really fun. And then here's you, almost sort of the other way. You know, you're like, ah, oh, you know, quite frankly, if I, I'm gonna do it because I know how to do it, and I know they'll pay me. And then all of a sudden, yeah. you kind of get this, you know, prize that that comics, yeah. uh, you're dying for. So how, how'd you get? It? A couple of things. Uh, well, a couple of, I got, I got lucky. I got lucky. Okay. A couple of things happened. I had an agent at the time, who. Um, who was working with the Tonight Show, and they uh, and I, you know, I lived in Hollywood, and they, and I lived around the corner from NBC, you know, Burbank. I was in North Hollywood, and it was like right there. And I, uh, there were a number of people that auditioned. I think twelve people auditioned at the Laugh Factory that night, and two of us. They said, okay, you got it, you and you got it. I don't remember who the other guy was. 
And then, um, and then that was it. And then he said, okay, you got it. And then weeks go by. And I'm going, are we doing, are, what is, and they go, yeah, well, they're not sure when they're going to, oh, okay, all right. So, so I kind of forgot about it. Like a month and a half, two months maybe go by. And then my agent calls and goes, all right, they want you tonight. <laughs> it's like four in the afternoon. I'm just sitting in my underwear. And I, well, uh, okay. But I couldn't even remember the set that I did. Because you have to, like, that's a big deal. Like, you have to do the set that they've approved already. Or it's that's a big right. fucking problem. And I had no idea. So I go down there, and th there was a guy at the time named, yeah, I'll name him, Lee David Lee. And he goes, and he gives me a transcript. So they had written my act down uh, on paper <laughs> and transcript. And they give it to me. And they go, if just case, we want you to do this. And I go, oh, okay. So I'm looking at it. But there are red lines through everything. Uh, oh, jeez. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what, what is this? And it, this is the funniest part. There were red lines through the setups. And I, this guy was brand new in comedy. He was, he, was, he was booking The Tonight Show. But he was brand He goes, these aren't funny, but these are. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I go, yeah, these are the punchlines. He goes, yeah, those are funny. Do, the, do those. Yeah, do the punchlines. They go. And, you know, it's like, it's like talking to a five-year-old. I go, yeah, but this won't be funny if I don't do that. And he goes, yeah, but that's not funny. <laughs> so, I, so I talked to the, uh, I talked to, there was a guy uh, who, uh, named Jack Cohen, who was a very funny comic I knew for, for a long time. He was working on the show. He was one of the writers. And I go to Jack. I go, Jack, look at this. What, what the fuck? <laughs> and he goes, fuck him. Do whatever you want to do. I go, oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> so I went up, and I, I, you know, I just did what I wanted to do. But that was, that was to answer your question, that was what you have to be in Hollywood. You have right. to be right there. You have to deliver when they when you have your audition because you can get an audition. Right. You, anybody can get one. Right. You can get it if you you know you get an agent and you press and you be a pain in the ass. You'll get an audition. And you got to nail it. Yeah. You got to nail it when when you have it and then be patient and then it, then it'll come. And uh, so that kind of worked. Can I tell you a quick story about Jack Cohen? Of course. This is a great this is a great comic story. I was headlining way before I should have. Like, I started in 82. By 84, I was headlining. Made hmm. no sense. Hmm. But it was because I was loud and obnoxious. I had a big radio. I did a rap. I had big pants. It was, it was, <laughs> um, nobody wanted to follow this Funny shit. Funny already. Yeah. It was so annoying. So you were headlining by default. Yes. No one wanted to go on after yeah. you. So I guess we get booked the gigs, and the headliner would go, why don't you close the show? Because <laughs> you know, nobody wanted to follow that bullshit. Right. So I'm on stage uh, at Governor's. And, uh, and in Long I, Island? I booked for the week in Long Island. I've done that shit gig. Oh, yeah. It's a shit gig. Yeah. It was my home club. Oh, congrats. Yeah. <laughs> it's a shit. Yeah. And, uh, and so uh, it's me and Jack Cohen. Jack Cohen's opening for me. And he is crushing in front of me. Yeah. He is killing. He's a political comic. He's really sharp, extremely like intelligent. He knows the news well. He knows how to weave it together in a way. And I'm up there with like fucking balloon animals and shit. <laughs> the audience is not buying it. They're like, fuck this guy. Right. So it's like, oh man, I, I'm just in hell after two nights. I cannot follow this guy. So I go, so at the, at the end of the second show, I go over, he's at the bar with his friend. I think his name was Ron Zimmerman. He's at the bar with Zimmerman and they're having a couple of drinks. And I go over to him and I go, look, Jack, I got to be honest with you, man. I cannot follow you. You're way too funny. Would you mind switching? You take the headline spot. I, I'll take the money. I don't give a shit. I can't. You, t you be the headliner. And he goes, get up there and take your medicine. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And he was right. Yeah. Because what it did was it pissed me off. Right. I went home going, fuck him. Right. Fuck him. Really? And I did well the rest of the week. Yeah. Because I was determined to do what I was like. And I told him the story when I saw him years later in The Tonight yeah. Show. And he goes, shit, I should have taken the money. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just spit all over you. That was worth it. <laughs> uh, um, 
I, uh, do you do you feel the need to sort of do that now? Like when, when you're working with, uh, with with comics, do you ever? I mean, not maybe not as as brutal as take your medicine, but as someone who you know maybe made a couple mistakes uh, on the route, uh, you know, on your, on your route to where you are now. Do you ever like sort of just say, hey, you know, and, and just kind of I don't know, uh, give a little wisdom to sort of the next crop, or just if they let them figure it out? Yeah. I, don't, I never want to be one of those guys It's like, here's what you should do. There's a lot of guys my age that do that. Right. That get, will corner you and go, here's the problem you got with your act. <laughs> here's, your, here's why you're never going to make it. Here's why if you don't change that act, you're going to fa- You know, I never wanted to. So if somebody asks me, I'll give you some advice. Other than that, I'm like, you do what you do. Because I think people, a real comic finds his voice. Yeah. He might be like I was. Really, it looked like I should not be in comedy. <laughs> it was really embarrassing. I right. saw an early, uh, there was a guy uh, who put a tape on for me in 85 on YouTube. And I saw it. I, you know, I typed my name into YouTube. And, and there's the usual shit. And I went, oh, fuck. No, no. <laughs> and I watch it. And it was so embarrassing. It was from Bill Boggs' Comedy Tonight in like 85 or 86. And I was like, no, no. And I actually went, I, I go, dude, I don't know who you are. I don't know how you got this tape. But I'm begging you. I'm appealing to your humanity. Please take this off. <laughs> Please. It's, I'm so embarrassed by this. Fortunately, he was a nice guy, and he went, all right, I just thought you were funny back then, and I yeah. just put it up. Yeah. And he took it off. Because it, it was a compliment, because he put me up with Chris Rush and a, a bunch of other guys who were really way above me at the time. But he, he thought I was in with that group. and I, It was a big compliment. But for me, it was like, I, I want to die if you don't <laughs> right. take that off. Uh, we got some more questions? Is there, is there any kind of gig, corporate, college, that you would refuse to do? Uh, high school gigs. Oh, my, like, like, like after prom? prom yeah. After proms? Oh, yeah. It's just, it's never worth it. Yeah. I don't care what the money is. Yeah. It's never worth it. I still have to live with myself. I have to go <laughs> home at the end of the night. And there's, I mean, look, a crowd, people, I don't think, you know, fans necessarily understand it. A crowd can decimate a comic. You know what I mean? Like, you can come off stage, and you're just like, you just feel terrible about yourself. The only way that's worse is if it's fucking snot nose 17 and 8. Like, you don't know shit about shit. Why are you? But you still go home and you're like, I'm terrible. Yeah, no, yeah. you're exactly right. It's not. Yeah, that's not the thing about, about being a comic is it's not like being in a band or being in a play. When they, the audience doesn't like you, it's you. It's not the song. Right. It's not the group. It's not the play. It's, so it's not the script. You suck. Right. We fucking hate you. Right. And it's so personal. Which is why comics always do the one thing we can do. You guys are the ones that sucked. <laughs> right. I know you all well, paid to right. see me, and I did all of the work, but this is your fault that this went horrible. Because <laughs> we got nothing else. That's the one thing we I tell you what, my experience with it, what sucked so bad was, you know, like if a crowd's shitty to me a lot of times, like, what do you do? <laughs> You know, where do you work? Oh, you're a sh- yo. That was your dream growing up. But I did that one time to a young crowd, and they're like, "Man, I'm 17." I'm like, yeah, you're a busboy. And he goes, "You're fucking 30 playing in this Elks Lodge." I bet you I'll be doing that. And I just like, okay, you are. Like, you couldn't like. There's nothing I could say. Like, I was like, it was. I was just so fucking mad at these kids. I was just like, ah. Oh. But there was no. There was like with adults, you can just be like, yeah, fuck you. But with the kids, they're just like, you're a loser. Right. <laughs> you're playing to a bunch of kids because you're not that successful if you're ever doing a kid of show. Of course I'm not successful. So, right. I'm just, 18. Just what go, do you yeah. think? Yeah. Yeah. Can you I got to go home and you suck. I'm like, all right. <laughs> kids, kids making some points. Um, <laughs> yeah. You don't even get a drink. You right, like, exactly. What the fuck? I quit. Kids looking at you. I'm watching you going, that's what I'm not going <laughs> to yeah. be. Yeah. 
So are you? Uh, so how much longer? Give me, give me, an, give me an idea. You're just gonna sort of keep doing it. Are you, are you the one guy that's just gonna keep doing it to fund your other projects? Because you realize oh, yeah. that everybody else who does stand up that hasn't, you know, quote unquote, made it does the complete opposite, right? They work a shit job to fund this one thing. <laughs> You're doing this thing to fund other, like, regular jobs. Right. Like, I gotta fund my, my pastry chef business. <laughs> what? <laughs> Fucking make pies so I can tell dick jokes later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, tell dick jokes so I can make pies later. Yeah, fucking, yeah, yeah. exactly. Nobody does it that way. So is, it, is that literally it? Like, you'll just, you'll keep telling jokes? So just yeah, until one I don't know. Is, yeah, I don't, I can still, if they, if they hire me, yeah. I'll do jokes. I don't, you know, whatever. It's like, life is like this, you know, it's, I'm above the dirt. I'm still here. Oh, right. I get to do this again. All right. Wow. I get to I like walk. It. I get to eat pizza. <laughs> I'm easy to please. That actually does sound pretty good yeah. when you say it like that. Uh, I just like how you just, when you just say, all right, fuck it, I'm going to Amsterdam or I'm going to do, the, I mean, it's a cool way to, I recommend life, it. man. Yeah. I recommend that to a lot of a lot of people, a lot of comics, but everybody. Um, if you can't, just throw together like two thousand bucks or whatever, go, yeah. put a backpack and just go bumming around Europe, because um, you will have experiences, you know. Because when I was in Amsterdam, I, I would also just get on a train and I would just go, ah, let's go there, and I would go to Budapest or go to Austria or go to wherever and just. Just go see shit. I would, can I tell you a quick story? Do we have time? Yeah. Quick story. Well, I was, it's up to you. I go, I go, uh, what <laughs> You're doing with the gig. Let me see. Uh, oh, we're okay. You got a couple. Um, watch. I got, uh, I, at one point, I was, uh, I, was, I, was, I was living in this squat. I lived with these, like, you know, these nihilist and bad guys. Sure. And uh, I was living in Amsterdam before I got an apartment. I was living in a squat because it was, it was free. So, uh, and, and I was talking to this guy, and he goes, you guys have to go to Budapest, man. I go, why? Because biggest tits in Europe. <laughs> I'm listening. Sorry, right. go ahead. It's all right. So I go down to the train station. I get a ticket. I put it back. I go down to Budapest. And I get off. And there's, there's like this, uh, this I'm, I don't know where I'm going to stay or anything like that. So that in the train station, this thing with these, you know where they, uh, people say, uh, stay with us. And they have these little things. You tear them off with the phone number. Mm -hmm. So I tear it off. And I, I call I figure out how to use the phone. I call up. They go, yeah, yeah. They tell me where it is. I get on a train, I, a tram. And I go over and I find this house. And it's a place where you can stay rather than a hotel where it's somebody's house. And I walk in, and they don't speak any English, and they have all the stuff on a, on a laminated uh, cart. And it's like, all right, here's the rules. It's $10 a night. It's this and this and this and this. And you have to be home by 11, and here's the key. And, and then here's the bathroom. And she shows me the bathroom, and it's their bathroom. You know, and it's like, they, you know, there's the Hungarian people. They get their kids running around. It's like, you know, it's one of these things. It's like, yeah, this is fucking cool. All right. Yeah. So, and here's your room. The room is, I don't know how to describe this to you, a little wider than this there's enough room for the bed and to kind of squeeze by the bed. Right. There's nothing else in the room, but the, they took a closet yeah, and built a bed inside right, of it. Right, right, right. And so it's like, it, here's your room. So I take my backpack and I throw it in there and like, hey, whatever, it's 10 bucks a night. So I take off. And I'm partying. I meet some Australians and we're getting drunk and we're having fun and we're goofing around. And now it's, I've stayed out way past 11. <laughs> yeah. And now it's like <laughs> 2 or 3 in the morning. And I cannot remember where this place is. Right. And it's like, ah, oh, shit. And I remembered it was sorted in this area, but I didn't have the paper. I put that with, the, with the, my backpack, and I'm like, shit, all my stuff is there. And I'm trying to find, and I'm going around to these bars, and I'm asking the bartender. I'm going, yeah, it's this Hungarian couple, and they have a house. It was like on a corner, and it was big, and it had a turret. And I'm, I'm talking to these people, and, they, and the bar, one of the bartenders knows where it is. And he goes, I oh, know, yeah, they always rent. He goes, he writes it down. He gives me the address, and he goes, it's right there. I go find I open up, I kind of sneak in, and it's like, ah, it's cool. And I go in and I open my little room door, and 
the guy who I haven't met yet, the father, is sitting on my bed. Oh, God. He's just sitting there. Yeah. And, and I know, hey, what's up? And he goes, oh, what's up? Are you speaking Hungarian? I don't know what he's saying. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm sorry. And he goes, Ugh. And he gets up and he goes, Ugh. And so I sit in the bed and he goes, Ugh. And he walks out. And I'm like, fuck, what's going to happen? I'm just sitting there waiting. And he comes back and he has two giant Hungarian beers. And he gives me one. And he sits and goes, And he's telling me these stories. He's going, He's speaking total Hungarian. I'm speaking in English. We have no idea what each other's saying. I'm going, yeah, and I got fucking lost. I don't know where he goes, I got hammered with this guy, you know, until like That story could have taken an ugly turn. I know. That is awesome. I think we got one more question. Then I want to get a hell gig from you before we get out of here. What else we got, Scott? Yeah, Bill G wants to know, with filmmaking being your focus, is it hard to spend time thinking about and writing about comedy? Good question, yeah. Um... Not really, not really. It, it, it's like a, it's like your brain uh, is compartmentalized. Is that the word? Where you just kind of you know. Then when I think about that, usually when I'm going to the gig, I don't know how you guys do it, yeah. but like, yeah, yeah. like, like, like as I'm in the car, if I have 20 minutes, I'm just thinking about stuff, right. you know. And I'll just be driving, and I, you know, and I, and then I'll go. Oh, I'll try. I'll just throw some stuff out, and maybe I'll work. But not really. I just kind of think about that when I'm in that head. Yeah. Now I'm in comedy head. People, people ask a lot. You know, we have a lot of, uh, of viewers who sort of always wanted to try stand-up and, and maybe are just starting out. And that's one of the questions you, you get all the time. Like, you know, where do, how do you write? Where did material come from? And, I mean, I, I know there's some comics. You know, there's sort of that, that uh, legend story that uh, uh, Seinfeld claimed he would set an egg timer and, like, for that hour of the day he would sit in front of paper and write. I don't know one other Which comic is. that can do that. Like, literally, it's that organic for 99% of comics. It's whatever you think about, and you're absolutely right. My favorite thing to do is I'm driving to the gig, and I think of something, and I'm like, I'm going to fucking do that right now. Yeah, I'm right. going to do that tonight. And that's the best. Like, that's the thing in your act that you can't wait to get to that one thing you right. thought of on your way to the right. club. And that's, that's sort of how it is. You can't, you can't tell somebody how to do it other than you'll know it when it happens. Right. One of, the, one of my favorite pieces of advice just from, I think it was Chappelle, but, he, you know, he's, you're always around funny people. He goes, if, if something happens and we're all laughing, then I put that in the, I write it down and put it, because we're all, you know. Yeah. Then he just goes, then I go home and play with it. And, and like you said, on the way to the show, just, and, and uh, I, but I always thought, and then I started doing it. Like, if, if us are hanging out and we all start laughing, oh shit, something's That's funny. We're funny all, yeah. There's something here because we're all funny, you know. If I'm, it's, just, it's been good advice for me. Yeah, for sure. So. Anyway, yeah. all right, man, you have a gig to get to, but please, before we go, will the, you, you've done a million gigs. Will you share uh, one of your worst with me? You got a, you got a hell gig, something weird? Um, there, there was, here, I, yeah, here's, here's, the, here's, here's one that happened. I was, I was booked at a college. There was a point when I was like Mr. College Guy, yeah. late 80s, early 90s, and, um, and so, you know, 1500 bucks a show. That's when you were rich, yeah. right? Exactly. I had yeah, money. Absolutely. If I had yeah. not had a Coke problem, <laughs> You know how much gold? If I had just bought gold instead of Coke, <laughs> instead of Coke, you know how much money I would have now. The yeah. gold was like three fifty then. Now it's fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. So, but to be fair, the, the the price of Coke at that time was really skyrocketing, probably <laughs> higher than gold. But uh, anyway, go ahead. I did have a good time. But anyway, um, uh, so uh, uh, yeah. So anyway, it was one of these gigs, and they, I get to the college, just upstate New York, and they go, "Okay, look, um, you can do the." Uh, here's what's happening. There's a concert at the gym. We're supposed to have your show at the rec center, but nobody's going to be there because everybody's going to the concert. But we booked you here, and we know you have other gigs, so we're just going to have you open for the concert. 
I go, ah, all right, you know, still 1500 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's so I go over there. So the band was Destiny's Child. Yes. yes. Wow. Now, this is when. Beyonce. This, this is just before they were like red hot. They were getting hot. Yeah. Like all the college kids knew who they were. They were like 16, 17 years old at the time. And, and I mean, these girls were stunning. They were really stunning. And they were so in sync with what they were. They were so good. So I didn't know who they were at the time. So I'm like, oh, all right. So I go over there. And I walk in, and I'm, there's a, there are tickets and whatnot, and I'm talking to the lady. I'm going, so I'm opening her. She goes, yeah, we just, you know, you don't even have to do your hour. Just do 45. Just do oh. 45 minutes. And it's I'm getting okay. better. Yeah. yeah. So I walk in, and I open up the door, and it is mayhem. It's in a gym, and these guys all know who these girls are, and they cannot wait for them to come out. Right. I mean, you, you know where this is going. So it's like, so the guy goes, all right, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your opening act, John Bizarre. Oh. And I come out, boo! Yeah. I'm sure you've seen um, Bill Burr yeah, when yeah, he's fighting, you know that video? It was very much like that, where they're like yelling and screaming, boo, fuck you, fuck. And I'm looking at my watch going, I've been up here two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I, do n I won't get my check for like, until I do 45. And I, it's 1,500 bucks. Yeah. I just got to bite the bullet for 45 minutes. And I'm up there, and I'm, uh, and I'm, but uh. I'm getting pissed. Like, uh. I'm, I'm trying to do some jokes, and like, fuck you, fuck. And, I, and I'm getting pissed, and at one point I get about maybe 12 minutes in, and I go, you know what? Fuck you, people. You know what? If you don't shut up, I'm not bringing them girls out. What do you think about that? And they were like, and they start, the security guys are all in orange T-shirts, these big, like, they all move in front of the stage to keep me from getting killed. That backfired. And they're coming up there and like, oh, 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 all right, okay, all right, all right, here's a little joke for you. I'm just chewing it. I get to 25 minutes, and I'm just like, I, I don't care about the money anymore. This is, this is so painful. I don't care. And I go, thanks, good night, and I walk off. And there's the stage manager's there, and she goes, the girls aren't even here yet. I don't care. I'm out of here. I'm done. <laughs> yes. I don't care. Yeah. And I walk out, and I walk out the door to the front. And you should hear it. It is, I mean, they're so pissed. They don't care that I got off. They right. hate me. Right. They want to kill me anyway. Right. And, and I'm, just, I'm walking out the door, and there's all this noise behind the door. And the woman who's at the desk that I walk by, who's supposed to pay me, she's there. And, I, and I, I'm about to go, look, I'm, I'm about to go. I'm so sorry, but I can't. I don't care. Keep doing it. And I, I go like this, and she goes, Sounds like you did great. Because <laughs> she's outside. And I go, yeah. And she goes, here's your check. Uh. <laughs> 9 a.m., I cashed that check yeah. the next morning. I was at the bank in that town. John Bazaar, everybody. Yeah. All right. Like I said, that is, wow, that is a, that is a, that's like what they show on TV after someone's gone on a killing spree. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He is hilarious. Uh, if, if you're around Las Vegas, go see him. You will not be disappointed. Uh, John Bazaar, Brant Tobler, BrantTobler.com. Go there tomorrow to see pictures uh, of the porn star story. And uh, you might or might not see us next week. Who knows? Uh, goodbye, everybody. Thanks for watching. <laughs> Bye.